0: Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast.
1: Oh. Oh. i been Jordan money, Jordan Belfair. up with the word.
0: Is going on DJ Nation. Kennedy Kim here, bringing you season number five of the Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast. Five years of doing this podcast. It's been a great time. Of course, I'm here with the Canadian Pitbull, Tyler Tambaline. Tyler, how are you doing
1: this week, brother? I'm good, man. Happy to be back. Like you said, I much need a much needed break, a short one at that. I'm so pumped that we got almost eleven months of this now. I'm here for you know my first, my second, sorry, uh, I should say, full season that I'm going to be on with you, and I'm excited about that as well. And then we got a lot of big news coming for the pod, big news coming for the fans, whatever, D-Gen Nation. It's going to be sick, right? It's going to be a crazy year. Yeah, lots of good stuff coming this year. I mean, we got our 200th episode here coming up
0: soon. I think it's the week before the Masters. 200 episodes uh, of the Fancy Golf Generous Pod. I never thought it would last this long. Uh, the break was great. Uh, it, it's Something after doing this for so long, you know, a month off, sort of a month off. I did a little bit of stuff for the Hero uh, for Gump's Corner it was really nice and you know, and it's, it's needed, but I'm ready. I'm pumped. It's the new year. We're good to go. We're back and we're good. We're. It's going to be a great year and I can't wait. Now a couple of things we did miss uh, in the month uh, that we were off. I mean, it's crazy that like there was so many big things that happened in the month of November. Um, uh in golf, usually it's a slow period, and of course we didn't have a pod to talk about it because I could have talked, and you know I could have talked about the Presidents Cup for like eighteen hours. Uh, but just a couple of things. Well, first thing, let's go back and talk about uh, Patrick Reed. Uh, <laughs> of course. Uh, so, you know what he did at the Hero. If you guys, I don't know if you've been living under a rock or something, you didn't see what he did. Um, he went ahead and basically, it looked like he just blatantly cheated. I, he said that he did, he did wasn't blatant. He said he didn't know that he he touched the sand. Uh, with his club, but I mean, like, you know, he's the type of golfer and person that does not get the benefit of the doubt. Um, you know, people hate his ass, and it just made him, so made, no one believed him, and everyone just thought he's a big cheater. And I, I personally, you know, whatever, if that's what he said, maybe it's true, I don't know. <laughs> Looking at the film, uh, it's hard to say that he didn't see him hit the sand and give himself a better lie uh, on that shot at the Hero World Championship. Uh, but, you know, I, I I think this is something that, golf needs you know somebody that people hate uh, you don't really get hated golfers uh in the pga tour and i think it's actually good for the game uh it brings more people on i mean you saw part of the the, the reason why the president's cup had so much more juice than usual was because of patrick Reed. you know cam smith had his statements uh before the president's cup saying you know uh, he's a cheater uh he basically just called his ass out if you you know I, 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 I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. And as most of you know, I like Patrick Reed. I think we need a villain uh, on the PGA Tour. And he fits the bill perfectly. Did you hear who he's getting paired up with? Uh, This week at the tournament of champions, there, uh, uh, Tambo.
1: I did, Kevin Kisner, the guy who said he's the worst, and I (laughs) love that. That's again, it's it's, so not to cut you off, but to your point you just made, that's my absolute favorite part, and that's why I said I even made a tweet about it. There was so much backlash to it of people giving me shit saying that's not oh, they need a cheater, they need it's nothing to do with that. When he did the dig the grave putter cheat mode you know, celebration, if you want to call it that. I don't care that he cheated. I get it's a man's game, integrity, all that. I I do, I'm not saying I'm a cheater or want to be a cheater, anything to do with that. I'm saying what it needs is some excitement, some WWE style, real life, shit that he's doing to make it exciting and this is even better guess what that's already that tweet that you saw and i saw about him with kisner with the quote paired there i forget who posted it It was just recent but that's gone that's going to go viral tonight and that's going to add to the effect of what's normally a pretty boring tournament and it's just exciting to all of us because it's the first one of the year but it's a 34 man field in hawaii is what it is get the season rolling it's not like the most exciting event of the year and now this adds fuel to the fire for round one which by you know my numbers normally gets the worst ratings of all all right, so this was posted by
0: Ryan Lavner, who works for the Golf Channel. Right. It's at at Ryan Lavner GC. If you want to follow him, the quote that Kevin Kisner had earlier this year about Patrick Reed: they all hate him. Any guys that were on the team with him at Georgia hate him, and that's the same way at Augusta. I don't know what they. I don't know that they'd piss on him if he was on fire. To tell the truth, this is what Kevin Kisner said it. about Patrick Reed, and they're paired together this week, and it totally changed. Who I'm going to pick in my 9K range this week on on DraftKings because I I, I gotta go with Patrick Reed after this. We'll talk about this more.
1: Yeah, and we so like, didn't talk story- before the pod, but I was in on it before this.
0: Yeah, but I mean stories like this and like it brings eyeballs to the game, right. and we need more eyeballs to the game to make the game more popular to make the, the, the you know. Uh, th- more money on DraftKings, more money for the gamble i mean it's good for the whole sport maybe not great for patrick reed but i don't really think he gives a fuck uh you know i, I mean with that little uh shuffling the sand uh thing it's basically the equivalent of um like a uh the crotch chop that degeneration x used to yeah. do on wwe that's what I you know, what up. I'm saying? You know that, exactly. that's basically what it is it's a heel it's a heel move we need the heels in golf and I think it's great for the game and and I know everyone hates him and you have every right to hate him if you hate him but I think it's good for the game I like him I like a little bit of villain uh in golf a little bit of attitude in golf that we don't see that often I think it's good uh even though I mean like what he did was just horrible
1: but but (laughs) it's epic man it gets (laughs) right up there with rocking the green jacket courtside and just you know sitting down like i'm the man he does he is he's so two-sided and again i'm not advocating for it i know it's wrong but i love it as a fan because when he gets on there and says absolutely not if you think that's cheating that was the camera angle like so dead face camera angle lies it's all lies it has to be there's no way he didn't know he swiped the sand he just knows the rule is that though even if he gets caught it's only going to hit him for two. And then Karma got him. He lost by two. So it is what it is. But I'm saying it's, he was definitely okay with it. If he got caught, he got caught. And that's why he was okay with doing the celebration with sweeping the sand with the, the little Undertaker mist where he was doing it. Uh, you know, that to me was incredible just to watch and laugh at. And as an entertainment side, fan side of the game.
0: Now let's move on to the next topic that I want to talk about that we missed the President's Cup. And it sort of correlates. One thing about Patrick Reed, I will say uh, the Captain America moniker is dead. Uh, You know, he's lost like five times, six times in his last two team competitions. So I think that moniker is dead for him. I think, uh, you know, and I think it's going to be a really big struggle for him to try and get a captain's pick on a team ever again. So he's going to have to ball the fuck out uh, to be able to make the team finish top eight uh, to to make these teams from now on. And, you know, that's that's something that will motivate him strongly. Uh, I guarantee that. Uh, So, I mean, he could have a big year this year. But let's talk about the President's Cup. Definitely, I've been. I, I was. I was one of the few in November and you know October leading up to the President's Cup that said it's going to be close. That said, that the, the international team has a chance to win, uh, and I thought they were going to do it. You know, it could have been nine to one after the second day, and a couple of things that turned a different way. Um, it was, but it was a great event. It was so much fun to watch. There was so much juice in the event, and it's going to be. It's going to be a top notch event, maybe not the Ryder cup level, but it's going to keep on growing. And I think that international team is going to be a tough out, especially when they are at home, when they're outside of the United States. I think the international team, it's going to be close every time because the talent level there is going to be solid. uh, and, And it's, it's it's exciting. I mean you saw two guys, Sung J M, Abraham Manser. They're gonna be the future of this President of the Cups team, the international squad. It was a really, really fun watch. The so one thing I will say, Ernie Ellis captained it, and all all you analytics folks probably loved it because he used analytics uh, to make his pairings uh the first the first three days, the first four rounds, and it was genius. It worked to perfection, basically. I mean he had a couple mistakes, but no, no, no captain is perfect. Now, the one thing I will say that bothered me, and, and I'm going to try and keep this short because I can talk about what happened for the rest of the podcast. It'll be like a four-hour pod. So well, the mistake I think he made was starting with Abraham answer as his first pick um, when it, when he matched up the singles. Yeah. Why give your best player up to Tiger Woods who's playing the best golf out of anyone that was playing that whole week? Um, that I know, answer wanted to play Tiger, but that was a mistake, and that was the biggest mistake that he made. They lost by one point. Um, they should have they should have put somebody out there um, that I would have put Leishman first. You know, a name that could maybe make Tigers sweat, but hasn't been playing great that week. And Leishman Leashman hadn't been playing that well uh, for the week going into it. And and if he, if he started with Leishman. You know, Tiger would probably still be first pick because he wants to be finished first to be to captain. and, and Ernie knew that, and that was that was the mistake that he made. Um, and I think, and I think that cost them the cup. What did you think about the event? It was a great event. man.
1: Oh, I love the event. The fact that it was as close as it was made it that much better as you would expect. I, I mean, two quick points. Cause like I said, we could talk about this all day. One, I, maybe me and you, I did talk about this offline because that's the point I was going to make. Ernie knew Tiger was going out first. He wanted to wrap up his shit and move on. You don't send answer out. So that, that was talked about by many people, but I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I think that's where he made mistakes and that set the tone which because you and I talked about this beforehand, once you know, it was going to get into this, we love how they go back and forth, unlike the Ryder Cup, right? Where you get that, coaches get together, have the little chat, okay, he's going to do X, we're going to do Y. He's going to do A, we're going to do B, so on and so forth. So I definitely agree there. And then the other point that you made that I, I totally agree with was that internationals will always be someone to mess with, and it showed, and you talked about it when it was back at Ryder Cup, about how you know that was obviously over- so that, that was set up on their hometown, but it's always going to be tougher there, but they play a better team game. Bottom line, if you look at the scoring, I believe it was uh, the 10 points for the internationals were based off the the group stuff. And then they just got destroyed in the singles. And again, you could say it was on the answer pick. I agree to an extent. That's a big portion of it, which threw them off. But, it's again, it just shows the Americans are all about themselves. It's always going to be one-to-one. Their game, one-on-one, is tough to beat. And they made it They made it count when they had to, and therefore they got the W. But absolutely one of the most exciting events, team events, I've seen in a long time. Uh, and I can't wait to get another one. Uh, you know, it kind of makes me excited. It's not going to be a team event, but just for the Olympics, to see some of that, you know, country versus country stuff again. I, I can't wait for that. We are in an Olympics here.
0: Yeah, and we've got the Ryder Cup coming this year too. I mean, it's yep. going to be uh, the, the last – Couple months of the uh, of this year is going to be a lot of good golf. I mean, this season's going to be great. There's so many great players going around. Let's talk about this season a little bit. Uh, let's do a little bit of a majors preview here uh, for 2020. Uh, you know, a couple of picks, uh, a couple of uh, guys to look for. We'll be go going over. And let's start off at the Masters. The uh, the top five betting picks, and this is the top five betting picks basically for every single. Um, uh, the, the, the top five betting favorites for every single major this year, except for the PGA championship, which I don't know what's going on with Spieth at 16 to one, but he's there. Well, let's start off with the masters. Uh, you know, Kepko, Rory, Tiger, DJ Rom, the top five betting favorites of basically every major this year. Uh, who do you like this year?
1: Well, at, at the masters, it's quite simple Augusta, for me. Tim. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be, for, I'll give you one thing out of the gate because we're going to preview all four quickly, but the betting favorites are right for the masters. Like that is the, I mean, to me, that's the, maybe they're off by a point either way. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that you're going to see Rory right up there. You're going to see Rom right up there. That's the guys I'm sort of sticking with, but, but the guy I got to win it is JT. Uh, I got him at 20 to one. That That's really good value to me. In my opinion for JT, I think uh, he could win this week. We're going to get there when we get to the preview, but I think that, you know, I don't normally go in that range this early. And there is some guys in the mid range, like, uh, you know, back to our guy, Patrick Reed. You know, Adam Scott, Webb Simpson, there, there's some other guys. There's no real long shots for me there, but I like JT to get the jacket put on him by his boy Tiger and have another laugh, just like we saw them have at the President's Cup. Yeah, I
0: think JT's going to have a huge year. I think he wins the FedEx Cup money list. I think he wins. I think he comes in first in the FedEx Cup playoffs. I think this is his, he's going to be player of the year. Uh, that's my take on Justin Thomas this year. I think this year is going to be huge for him. And I do like him at the masters. I like Scott at 40 to one. I sort of like Decky. I think Hideki could have a, a, a decent showing at the majors this year as well, but I'm going a little bit out on the limb, maybe not betting, uh, betting, betting odds wise. Uh, I sort of like Ricky Fowler at 20 to one.
1: I was just going to uh, cut you off when you said Hideki and tell you that Hideki, if he's your boy, fine. And Ricky, my boy, they're not winning a major. If you look at the class of who's coming up, they're just not winning a major, and who's there, and who's hot right now with Rory, JT, a yeah, possible bounce back, Rom. I, I, it's insanity. They're not. They're just they. They won't. I, I think Ricky. I
0: think Ricky can do it. No. Uh, here's the thing. You know, he's he, he sort of reminds me of a poor man's Phil Mickelson in his twenties. You know, he is. He, he, he
1: is, is a poor Mansfield Mickelson, yeah. but he might yeah. not get there because the, when Mickelson became Mickelson, to your point of what you're going to present here, that is what that, there was no competition like there is right now for who Ricky has to compete with.
0: Yeah, but the thing is, Ricky's not a shitty golfer. I mean, the guy's yeah. a good golfer. He's my he's favorite golfer four. in the world. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. not I, shitty. I, it's just he's not winning a major. He's not. It's I, over. I, I, I think Ricky's going to win. I think, I think Ricky's going to win a major here in the next couple of years. I'm, I'm, I'm taking him at the Masters at 20-1. to one. Uh, Two top fives in his last six tries uh, at Augusta. three top, uh, Three top tens, five top twelves in his last six appearances at Augusta National. Um, you know, last year after his win, his big thing where he struggled was his putter. If he can get that putter going, uh, which he has at Augusta in the past, uh, I think he has a chance. You know, he he, he settled in, got married. You saw what that ha- how that helped, um, uh, Sergio Garcia, uh, when he won prior to his masters in 2016, I think 2017. Uh, whenever he won, um, you know, he had his life together. He's not a 20 year old kid anymore, he's in his 30s. Um, he has the experience. This is, you know, his time. Like I said, you poor man's film because somebody, everybody loves, he wins, you know, top, Phil won more than him, uh, you know, in his twenties, but you know, he still has a good amount of wins, know, four or five wins on tour uh, heading in there, you know, a bunch of top five finishes at majors. I, I like Ricky and I know no one's going to agree with me. I, I, I can tell when you were talking about it, uh, but I sort of like Ricky. This is, Move on to the PGA Championship. So we still have those same five guys uh, as the betting favorites, except Rom is out. Rom is not in the top five, and instead, that fifth spot it goes to Spieth, Rose, and JT. Spieth is sixteen to one on Bovada at the PGA Championship. Foolish. I don't know what the I don't know what the fuck's going on with that. <laughs> I'm not taking that. Uh, no. <laughs> but I, I, I like JT and Xander uh, here at at, at TPC Harding Park. This is a, a municipal course. They they haven't played a tournament here in God knows how long. I don't remember. It's been over a decade. I think it was Uh, the
1: match. Wasn't the match play with Rory?
0: Yes, yes, there was a match play event there. You're right. Uh, They haven't played a stroke play event here uh, in a long time. Uh, But I, you know, I I think Rory's a fine bet here. But I, I, I think, like I said, JT. I think he's going to have a big year. He already has two wins in his last, like, seven events or something like that. If you go back to the fall and then his win earlier, or if you go back to the FedEx playoffs and his win earlier in the fall. But I think Xander is his time. You know, he, he, he's won events, he's won uh, tour championships, he's won um, WGC events. You know, the next step, you know, he's come runner up in majors. Uh, I think this could be his time, uh, 25 to 1 at the PJ championship. I like Xander, and I sort of like Woodland at 50 to 1, too.
1: Yeah, definitely agree with you on X. I think he's Ricky that can close. So I like him. Uh, you know, he's the guy that's just my point of why Ricky won't get there. Cause there's guys like him and I even think Cantlay could have a big year. I, I got X JT, all the guys, but I'm saying I just, it's obvious, but my guy here is, is Rory to win. Uh, you know, I, like I said, he's going to be right there at the masters. I think what's going to happen just sort of what I'm seeing. I know he's got the, the win there. Like you mentioned, we just talked about a 2015 at the match play, but I, so he likes the course. We know that that's, Old news. It's one event. It's different style. I get all that, but I think what's going to happen is he's going to just miss at the Masters again, trying to close it out uh, for the Grand Slam. People are going to sour on him, and then we're going to watch him scoop here when it's not going to be a big number you can pick up on him betting wise. I'm just saying. I think if you look at something like DFS or things like that, we'll see how it goes. But I think it's another one where a lot of the big dogs show up because I really do like Rom here as well, and it kind of worries me. I think he's at like 18 to one last I saw here, he and is. it worries. It worries me if he comes top three at the Masters or even wins it like he could. You you never know. You know, back to your point on Sergio, another Spanish dude that tries to get it out of the way early. He got married now. He said, hey, if it worked for Sergio at age 40 something (laughs) now and come get my green jacket that way. So we've seen him cool it down there. Uh, You know, he's had some close calls at Augusta. So maybe he just misses as well. And then he comes back around. So I kind of like that ROM number right now. But I think Rory gets it done at the PGA Championship.
0: All right, so the U.S. Open is at Whistley Straits, an A.W. Tillinghast ass course this year. Who
1: you got? Pains me to say it, and I will still fade him in DFS at every major, uh, but Brooks.
0: Oh, man, you're with me. We're on the same page.
1: Yeah, there there was a stat today even that, you know, had me – I had these picks out last week, uh, you know, talking with Gup a little bit and getting some predictions out early for Gup's corner, and, and the thing was I don't like to pick Brooks at these, and I'll see how he's priced and whatnot. I'm not talking about betting him or anything. I'm just – we're talking about picks to win right now, and, you know – Rory, DJ, JT, someone, one of these guys is going to get it here. But Brooks, on I saw a stat today on courses. It was from Data Golf. Courses with driving distance involve Brooks, and courses with accuracy involve Rory at these big events. So, which is just, anyway, they can both win anywhere. I'm just saying it does make sense. And if you look at the course he's won at, it, you know, it, it's up there. I think Brooks, depending on where DJ's at with his game, Rom, if he doesn't come through with the other two, I really do think uh, Brooks will get this one. Again. I
0: think Kef, you know Kepka a tilling ass course killer. I mean, he won the Bethpage last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, came at fourth at Baltusrol uh, in 2016 PGA Championship. Uh, eighth at Ridgewood in 2018 Northern Trust Open. I mean, three straight top tens and a, and a win uh, at at AW tilling ass courses. Uh, I you know I, I think he wins. You got to pick him for at least one major this year. This guy's a major king. I don't think he's not going to win a major this year. Uh, so I'm going Brooks as well. All right. So the final is the Open Championship from Royal St. George's. Uh, Same top five. Uh, I like – again, I'm I'm going – I'm picking a couple guys that people probably won't agree with me, but I'm going Fleetwood. Uh, I'm going Fleetwood this year because here's the thing. Like, okay, Fleetwood has what? You know, everyone says he can't win and he doesn't close, but he has four wins overseas in the last three years, and he has six runner-ups. So he has 10 first or second places in the last three years, you know, uh, in his career, the guy is due for a win. It might not happen in the United States, uh, you know, but you know, he's one of the best links players in the world. Um, I, I think, you know, it, it could be his time, you know, I, and the thing about him is, you know, he's only, I think he's close. To, I think he's over 30 years old. I think he's around 30. Right. But he's only been really in the, in the, on the scene for about three years. So you know, like it's he's still sort of a, a newbie when it comes to all. He's still young, even though his age might not really look it. Um, and, and I think I, I, if he's going to win a major, it's going to be the Open Championship, and, and I like him there. And I sort of like here's another one. I I, I picked Finau at sixty six to one a couple months ago because the guy, for some reason, he plays really well at links courses also. And if you remember the last time it was played at Royal St. George's, you know, a guy out of the blue, no one thought could win one Darren Clark. Uh, so, you know, I, those are two guys that I, I'm keeping my eye on for the open championship fee you now Fleetwood.
1: Yeah. I, I'm with you on some of it. Fleetwood actually another thing. And while we were off the, the month that we were off, he won the Ned bank, which is a big, big uh, check to cash and a good win for him. So uh, it's not a, a major event or anything like that. It's not one most people will follow or know about. It's just, it's, you know, we haven't seen him get a lot of wins so for him to close the door and get it, I mean, that was still cool for him. I agree with you there. I think the big thing about this event, if you haven't seen it already all across the Twitter sphere, is that everybody and their dog got on Tiger at 20 to 25 range. So this is going to be like the ultimate Tiger event. Uh, but I'm, I'm not on that. I didn't pick it up. I, I wasn't too interested in it. I, don't, I get that it was value, quote unquote, but I, I'm not there. So I, I like Rom for this one to win it. Uh, I mentioned him coming close to all the other ones and like being a maybe. But I think this is the one. He's got himself a, a great Lynx record. I'll have a whole season to warm up for it. You know, I don't even, it's again, it's another long shot at 16 to one, but if him and I believe, I believe it's the year of Ram and JT. Those are my two guys. Obviously Rory's going to be in there. Some of the younger guys, you mentioned Sung J M all over him uh, on oh, the year, on the season. Oh, I
0: like, I forgot. I like him at the PGA too.
1: Yeah. I, I got uh, that one marked in my long shots. I also have the, yeah. um, the Hovland 125 to one there. If he gets in pretty sure he would get in by then. It's no guarantee, but you know, hopefully he gets in. It was worth a, a few shekels just to see. And then I also have Hovland at the U.S. Open at 150 to one. Again, with all the Q's and qualify, whatever you want to call it, to get in and the rankings and all that. He'll he should be in by then. Uh, and then I was with you on Fee now uh, because of his links, you know, prow- prowess if you want to call it. And then Hatton is another guy added here as well. I think Hatton's a a big game hunter in, in a smaller way. He's a poor man's somebody that can show up at these events and get it done. Uh, you know, we've seen him at WGCs, things like that. He's been in the mix in certain majors. This would be the, the spot for him as well. Almost maybe call him a poor man's Fleetwood, right? He, if, you know, Fleetwood's going to be in that upper echelon. Hatton can definitely get the job done here. And that putter gets on as we've seen it. He can take something down like this as well out of nowhere.
0: All right. So, before we move on to this week's tournament and champions, let's talk about gupscorner.com. Use promo code DGEN20, get yourself 20% off the best site in the business for golf, also for football, for all your DFS needs and betting needs. Um, you know, the great thing about that, you get my article every week, you get Tambo's article every week for PGA, um, you get GUPS rankings, you get uh, GUPS favorite bets, you get, you know, all this great stuff. And then the Slack chat is simply amazing with 1,500 people. On the PGA Slack chat, you always have someone to throw ideas off of. I mean, that alone is worth the money. And there's some really, really cool things going starting this year uh, at gupscorner.com. Tampa, why don't you take it away and tell them about
1: it? Yeah, lots going on. Uh, you mentioned uh, uh, the bulk of it. The big thing right now is the tools that are being launched. So uh, very cool. Just got launched. Gup just put out for you know the back end for everyone to see a, a half-hour tutorial video. On how to use them, uh, back between him and you know Josh ADHD on Twitter. You know a lot of guys uh, know who those two are, and, and they put a ton of work into it. So appreciate what they've done there. It's going to be very cool for the members of the community. The promo code, like you said, is DGen20. The idea there is simple: for the annual pass, it basically works out to just under twenty bucks for complete site access. So it's definitely tis the season for golf. It's what you want to get on there for. There's a ton of stuff every week. Kenny's article, my article, as he mentioned, all the tools now, content and analysis rankings whatever but but everyone always says you know some say only buy tools don't buy buy analysis or content I, i'm not saying don't obviously i put out content analysis i'm just saying to have it all in one for under 20 bucks a month i don't think there's a better value on the market i know for a fact from every other site that i've subscribed to and seen there's nothing like it you'll want to check it out you can do a monthly uh use the same code it works for everything on the site so check out whatever you want you can buy just the tools alone you can buy the content analysis alone you can do just the golf side only you don't want to make it too confusing but for under 20 bucks a month to lock it in, that's by far the best way. And then right now, we didn't talk about it, but the big DFS Open coming up uh, at the end of February at the Honda Classic for the PGA Tournament event is going to be sick. It's going to be everybody there. Kenny's there. I'm there. Got the whole entire Gup's Corner crew. I know Feinberg, Mayo, Wiley. They just uh, they just did their eBay thing. I'm, I think somebody uh, closed out on that today. and wanted, It's all going to a great cause. It's going to be epic. And we have a giveaway at Gup's Corner for that. When you subscribe to the tools, there's all different things on the event. Go to gupscorner.com slash challenge. That will show you it. You can check it all out there and then flip over to memberships, use promo code DJ20 and sign up today.
0: Yeah, okay, one thing I will say it's not, when you sign up for the annual pass and you get the tools, uh, you know, for $20 a month or $240 once you use the, um, the promo code DJ20, you get every other sport too. It's not okay. just golf. When football season starts, you'll get that. You get baseball, you get basketball, you get every sport for, for, for $20 a month. Uh, you know, and that's including all the tools that come with it, all the content that comes with it. It's a great deal. Get on it now. Use
1: promo code. Today tastes like heading out the door and driving into town. It tastes like grabbing snacks and a Coke and singing as loud as you can. Today tastes like anything could happen. <laughs> and it never tasted this good. Summer tastes better with Coca Cola. Wherever you're going this week, Don't forget to grab an ice-cold, refreshing Coca-Cola from 7-Eleven.
0: D-Gen 20. All right, so let's get to this week, finally. I don't even know how long the pod's been. I figured this would be like a 20-minute pod, but we're probably already half an hour in. So let's talk about this. After what seemed like forever, the PGA Tour is back with the Century Tournament of Champions. As the name of the tournament suggests, the field consists of winners in the last 52 weeks on tour. There is no cut, and all golfers will play seventy-two holes unless there's a withdrawal. As with most small-field, you know, no-cut events, I, I, I tend to limit my DraftKings bankroll cash games. Uh, just to let you know, and there will be no cash game cornerstones uh, this week for events, you know, with this size. If we get to like a sixty, seventy, like a WGC event, uh, I'll probably do um, cash game cornerstones. But for thirty-five people, uh, I'm not going to be able to do it. So you know, you know. So let's go to the course, the Plantation Course at Kapalua is a 7,518-yard par 73 with four par fives and only three par threes. The course is unlike any other played on tour. It was built on the side of a mountain and near the coast, so elevation changes and breathtaking views abound. The course is not as long as the yardage suggests due to these massive elevation changes off the tee and because there are only three par threes on the course. At first glance, you would expect Bombers to have an edge, but the course record is 62, and it's been shot three times, uh, once by K.J. Choi, once by Graham McDowell, and last year by Xander. You know, the first two aren't the longest hitters out there. They're probably some of the shorter hitters out there. Uh, I would say iron play, especially inside of 150 yards, is more important than bombing the ball off the tee. But, of course, you know, length is going to help. Uh, nearly 40% of all approach shots here over the years have come inside 150 yards. Another 40% or so of approach shots have come from outside of 200 yards. Probably due to the fact that most of the par fives are reachable. So finding golfers who are good with wedges and long irons is a good way to go this week. Uh, the course went through extensive renovations this past year. Uh, Core and Crenshaw teamed up to make the course play easier for amateurs and tougher for pros. They re all the grass uh, on the course, making the course firmer and faster. They added and redid all the bunkers, added new tee boxes, and took out some. This is the big one. They took out some of the slope undulations and contours of the green. This should make the course play a tick tougher tee to green, but could make putting a bit easier. Now, off the tee, golfers will see huge fairways with very little rough to contend with. Over 70% of fairways have been hit on this course over the years, and golfers can bomb it out there this week with little penalty for missing the fairways unless they hit it into one of the 90-plus bunkers on the course. Now, if golfers are exceptionally wild, there is some high rough. Uh, This is rough where it's very possible to lose your ball. We saw uh, JT a few years ago hit it into extremely high grass on the back nine on Sunday, and he was extremely lucky to find his ball. If he didn't find the ball, and the odds say he shouldn't have, it's very conceivable that Hideki would have won that year. Uh, So big numbers are possible, but only on crazy wild tee shots. Uh, Because of the elevation of some of the tee boxes, the 11 longest drives of 2016 came here, and a lot of bombs have been hit here since then. Uh, Tiger once hit a 490-yard drive on 18 here. (laughs) That's crazy. Now, this is why I think, you know, driving this is probably not as important um, as people might might think. Even short hitters will be able to give it a good poke due to the elevation changes and rollout. On the fairways, it's supposed to play a lot firmer. Uh, This year is going to be plenty of rollout. There hasn't been that much rain. It's going to be dry and rolling. Uh, The fairways themselves are very hilly and undulating and could cause some awkward stances for golfers on their second shots. On approach shots, golfers will see very large undulating greens. These greens are some of the largest on tour, and it shows since over 80% of all approach shots over the years have landed on the green. Now, what makes these Bermuda grass greens difficult is how slow they are. Uh, golfers do not see greens this slow for the rest of the year. The stint meter rating is around 10 to 10.5. Uh, in the past, with the greens being so inju- undulating and hilly, and the speed of the greens being so slow, you can almost always often see golfers having to hit 30-foot putts with like 10 or 12 feet of break. Uh, because of these unique greens, experience has played a big part in being success- successful, at Kapalua the numbers are against the first timers here in the last seven years only six golfers have had a top five finish on their first appearance at Kapalua and five of them are named Jordan Spieth Hideki Matsuyama John Ram Rory McIlroy and Brooks Kepka. so you got to be a, 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 a number one or number two ranked player in the world uh, or ha- you know have the ability to be that high basically is what it sounds like now three years ago there were 11 first-timers, and only two, Finau and McGirt, finished inside the top 10. Two years ago, there were 14 first-timers, and only Rom finished in the top 10. Last year, there were nine first-timers, and only Rory finished in the top 10. Now, with the course changes, and the fact that nearly half the field are making their maiden start at Kapalua, this could be the week where we see more first-timers on top of the leaderboard, one of the main advantages veterans have had at this course, like I said earlier, is knowing exactly where the pin locations will be. Now, prior to this year, there were only so many spots on the greens to put the flag because of the crazy slope and undulations of the greens. Since they took away a lot of that with the renovations, the tour will have a bevy of new pin locations to choose from, which in turn puts maiden golfers on a more level playing field, in my opinion. Plus the talent level of these young golfers makes me believe that a few of them have the chance to do well this week. Of course, like most weeks, weather can play a major factor. The course is near the coast, so trade winds could make the course a bit more difficult. Uh, As of now, the weather looks sunny, but high winds are expected. Winds could blow from 15 to 25 miles per hour every day and could reach up to 40 miles per hour on the weekend. Uh, We've seen winning scores here climb over minus 30, uh, but I doubt that happens this week with the renovations and strong winds. I expect the score to be... Between minus 15 to minus 18 this week. Uh, A few tidbits uh, and trends uh, at Kapalua before we get into stats. Americans have dominated this event the last nine years. The last nine winners have all been from the USA. Only five non-U.S. golfers have finished top three at Kapalua since 2011. There will be Jason Day, John Rahm, Hideki Twice, Martin Laird, and Graham McDowell. Uh, winners at Kapalua have done remarkably well at the following year's tournament of champions. So you, you look back at Ogilvy won in 2009. In 2010, he won again. He didn't play in 2011. But 2011 winner, Jonathan Bird, finished third in 2012. Stricker, who won the next year, finished second in 2013. DJ, sixth in 2014. Z, Zach Johnson, seventh in 2015. Reed, second in 2016 speed third in 2017 Justin thomas is the outlier he was 22nd in 2018 and dustin johnson finished fourth last year after this win the previous year so you know you see a lot of guys who come in do well win and they come back strong the next year again now in the last six years 17 of 24 top three finishers were inside the top 25 in the world golf rankings 20 of those 24 Uh, Were all American. All six winners were inside the OWGR top 25. And five of those six had a win leading up to their Tournament of Champions victory, either in the fall or the previous season's FedEx Cup playoffs. There are only two golfers inside the top 25 with wins either in the FedEx Cup playoffs or the fall, and and, and who are American. Uh, And they would be Justin Thomas and Patrick Reed. Tambo, what stats are we looking for this week?
1: Yeah, you mentioned it with the, the fairways. We know, you know, with the renovation, are wide. The, the renovations, you talked about it, where they've sort of changed it a little bit, a little bit more thinking off the tee, you know, put some of these uh, obstructions in the way where guys could usually just bomb it out. So there's some spots like that they've changed. So the big thing comes down to the stroke scan approach, where you put it. I know it's a, a little bit tougher for proximity course, but the fact is, you're still going to get it up there. And then uh, some stuff people don't look at as much, maybe around the green scrambling. And then, of course, birdie makers. Uh, you know, I'm not expecting uh, Xander Schauffele 62 necessarily. We'll get something like that, but maybe not to come back and win. I looked at it today, and since 2010, I think the the most anyone ever had come back from was two back. Looking at uh, Steve Bamford's article, which is a great article. If you guys don't follow Steve Bamford, check him out. But I always read that one before I come on. I look back at his numbers from 2010 on. And nobody else had come back from more than two back. And obviously, you know, Woodland shoots five under on the day and loses by one because Xander Schauffele shoots a 62 on the final day. So don't know if we'll see that again. But those are the stats I'm kind of looking at. I will say, to Kenny's point earlier, a lot of conjecture with this event and and more on conviction than it is on you look at the stats. If you go back and you want to use your, you know, fantasy national look at your stats, you're going to see in the last two months, only, you know, really a few guys have played over 16 rounds. You know, Brendan Todd Goat is obviously leading the way with all his wins. We didn't even talk about that, but yeah, you got a you got a lot going on, but but not a lot stats wise. So really got to have some conviction. Definitely can use some course history here, but I think you still want to think about some of the things that go, have gone on. And maybe you kick it off with that, Kenny. But John Rahm, favorite in the betting market, most expensive on DK. Just had his wedding. Where are you at with John Rahm this week? And then go take us down from there.
0: Yeah, I don't have any problem with ROM, you know, the, the, the in the 10k range, you got ROM, JT Xander and DJ. I got no problem with ROM and JT. I think they're both swell play, plays. But my favorite play in this range is going to be Dustin Johnson at $10,100. Uh the reason I say this is uh you know, he, he he's coming off injury, but he looked decent at the President's Cup. I mean, the thing about his game his iron play and his driving looked fine. Tito Green, he looked great. The only reason he struggled maybe a little bit was because of his putter uh, at, 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 in Australia at the President's Cup. But, I mean, Tito Green, he was, he was, he was pin-seeking a, a lot of the times there on a much tougher course. And he's coming to a course where he's had mad success. I mean, he, when, when he used to draw the ball, he won. When he faded the ball here, he won. You know, when, when he had a shitty, you know, a few months before, he won. Uh, so, I mean, this is like – the, the this course is just it, – it, it's great for him. And from the rumor is I heard he was here the day after Christmas. So he was here he, – he landed in Kapalua uh, a couple days ago. He's been in Hawaii ever since. So you know he's taking this shit seriously. Uh, and a 10,100 with all the 6K people not really worth rostering – I mean, you're going to have to. Uh, you know, I think starting with Dustin Johnson – uh, you know, is a good way to go. And I think, I, I don't know, ownership's always inflated in these events. So I can't speak about ownership. But, uh, you know, I really like the way he's playing his game. Of course, he's one of the better wedge players uh, in the world now. Uh, he's also, you know, uh, decent with his longer irons, crushes par fives. I mean, this is this is his course. I like Dustin Johnson as my favorite play, probably going to be my my highest-owned golfer just because it makes me makes it easier to make a good roster. Uh, with him. I, I got no problem with the three guys above. They're all great picks, but I'm going Dustin Johnson as my favorite play.
1: Yeah. I like getting a little more uncomfortable here. I think, uh, you know, from what you're saying, I agree. I wondered about DJ because we talked about this in the, you know, quote unquote off season break right before when he was out with the injury, are people going to be off him now? His price was dropping like a rock, so on and so forth. And now 10 one, like you said, I think it's cool. You can start a lineup with him, get a little more balanced approach and have a guy like that. It's starting to seem just from you and I talking and even stuff that I read and saw today that, People are going to be off X. So it's kind of interesting to your point where he just won last year and everybody bounces back and has a great year. The next year he's got ties here from the past with his dad and certain things, and that was a big conversation piece last year that everybody talked about after he won that made sense. And I think Rom and JT will both be very popular, but I'm definitely going to make some Rom jt lineups. I'll talk about the value later. I'll have both of them. I think they're both just – massively good massively strong favorites talked about them already as you know player of the year fedex cup race all these different things they're guys that i think are going to get a head start and i definitely think you can i have built a few already you can definitely build lineups with both of them it's uncomfortable but there's nothing about being comfortable at this event that you really want to feel because it's it's a shit show there's 34 guys the tournaments are very top heavy you you got to get a little bit uncomfortable with your lineups
0: all right let's move down to this 9k range go ahead tambo
1: yeah, no T3POs this week, I'll say, just to Kenny's point with the cash game cornerstones. They definitely would work. It's just there's no, it's 34 guys. You're going to have to, like I said, it's a lot about conviction. You don't have a lot of information going in. The my favorites here, and I guess why I was teeing that up is because if I was going to be off someone here, it'd be Gary Woodland. Uh, I know the follow up situation you just talked about. You know, he didn't look bad at President's Cup or anything. I just like other guys more. And the first one is Reed. So, you, we've talked about him enough. I, I definitely like Reed. I think he fits everything from a short term, long term, all the stats that work here, guys, compare it in certain ways to Augusta—not identical because it's coastal and different factors—but the undulations, the greens, the around the green, the scrambling, everything that goes with it. I like Reed, uh, and then Cantlay is another guy that I think is just too strong of a play at too too short of a price—ninety-eight hundred bucks. He's under ten k. He's the same pretty much betting odds as Dustin Johnson. I don't like Fowler at the at, you know at this price tag. He's not quite five figures, but I'm not really feeling it there. So Cantlay and Reed would be my two favorites here, Kenny. What about you? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there. I mean, Cantley was going to be my favorite play, but then I saw this quote, and I saw that that Reed's going to be paired with Kisner, and you know that type of shit motivates Patrick. Reed. Well, you saw it in the singles uh,
1: on su- on Sunday or whatever you want, whatever day of the week you want to call based on the time change. But in the uh, final, in the singles event at Presidents Cup, he dusted him for the most part until the end. But but you know what I mean? He started off really strong, pissed off and motivated with the caddy uh, controversy.
0: Yeah. So I mean, I you know that's just you know definitely a narrative. But, uh, yeah, I'll be playing Patrick Reed. And Canley is just, you know, he's right number one in my model. I don't know how much stats I'm using this week just because, like you said earlier, you, you're not really getting a full yeah. view of how the golfers have been playing the last couple of months because you just haven't seen them. Uh, but, yeah, those two are going to be my favorite two plays. Uh, don't, in this don't you range. think
1: real quick that everyone's on Woodland, though? Like everything I've seen is Woodland, 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 the bet. Yeah. You know, the play. He's only 9,300. Like I've seen a few things on him already. I can't imagine that he comes in at, at low ownership. But to me it would be – Either some, maybe Fowler's the, the play there, but I, I I can't go there. I like Cantlay and Reed.
0: Yeah, yeah I'm not playing Woodland or Fowler uh, this week. Uh, but, I mean, Cantlay and Reed is definitely going to be on my list. All right, so let's get to this 8K range. Um, you know, I sort of like Cameron Champ at $8,200. The guy had a really solid finish last year. Um, you know, with an 11th place finish, I mean, you saw like Reed was like, you know, 16th and then he won the, his first time in and he won the next year. Justin Thomas was like 22nd, his first time played and he won the next year. I think DJ was something like 23rd and he won the next year in his first time. So, I mean, you know, like guys who have played well or have been here, like top-notch golfers, uh, and I think Champ is going to be in that range. I think he's going to be a really, really good golfer with his length. And his putting wasn't as good last year, but he's usually a pretty good putter as well. Um, If you look at my rankings, he's like dead last. So I'm not even looking at the stats. But uh, I like Cameron Champ. I like his length. I like the way he's going to be aggressive, uh, you know, here. Now we'll see how that plays into the new course setup. Uh, It could be a mistake, but I mean, we're going in sort of blind with the new course. We're not 100% sure how everything's going to react. So I'm just going to go in and I like Cameron Champ here. At eighty two hundred dollars as my favorite play uh, in the eight K range. What about you, Tampa? A
1: couple guys actually. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind it. You know, when I'm making some balance rosters or starting with a DJ like you mentioned or something in there, I, I like Casey for sure. I think you know, just he always plays solid. It's eighty eight hundred. It's completely fair price for a thirty four field. You know, Augusta ties. If you want to bring that back in one more time, just to say he's obviously been good around there. You know, when the put the putter is the the struggle. Of course, it's always tough, but. If you really think about his putting at Augusta, and this is another course history course, I mean, 16th year last year doesn't really mean anything, but if the putter gets on, we know Casey can show up in these types of events. Um, A first-timer, you want to talk about a first-timer that may someday be top 10 in the world? Colin Morikawa. I I think he's a great play here for 8,600. And and like you said, the first-timer narrative is a little bit um, you know, sample size and whatnot and all the differences. But there's way more than ever here. And it's a, a reconstruction, right, a, re- a renovation. So there's, you know, some new pieces to everybody. But I, I like Morikawa. I like Kucher a little bit. And then I need your take on one more guy and the only other guy really. I'm not on champ, but what's your take on Brendan Todd? Two-time uh-huh. winner, follows it up with a fourth place. Feels like the guy that's everyone thinks they should avoid because he can't do it again and then just shows up and does something again for 8,100.
0: Yeah, I got to play him
1: i gotta play i gotta
0: play him i, gotta play him. I yeah. gotta play him he's playing too well i gotta play him and at that price range i mean the upside is there yeah. you know so i mean eighty one hundred dollars i gotta play him.
1: yeah i'm with you all right so seven k range who you got you guys uh you know like i said uh got uh connor's at the gate we'll use him canadian guy doesn't matter about that he's another first timer but just uh you know back to my terms from last year ball striking extraordinaire so this guy he's uh what you want for this course Again, always comes down to a putter. We can go back and forth with that all day. Putting does matter, but it's a one event here in front of us. So I, I got to roll with Connors. Uh, he had a pretty good showing at the Masters, just using that link again. It's not all about that. It's just the, the undulation part of it. it, you know, and putting around the green, scrambling, all that matters. So I think Connors is a great play. I sort of have a little bit of a FOMO, I don't know why, on Chez Revy, just a guy that feels too cheap at 7,600 that can always show up. Um, but then a couple other guys I'll name just down to, to round it out. Munoz is my favorite play in this range. Uh, guy that just, again, got the whole package too cheap for 700. There's another guy I like more that's cheaper that we'll get to. Uh, and then Poston is another one in there similar to him. Just sort of these up and comers, young gunners, definitely first timers. And I get that. But the one that stands out to me after Munoz is actually Ryan Palmer only because the win factor, right? So I know he got the win on a team win with Rom. Uh, he's certainly nothing like Rom. Rom did the majority of the, the lugging there when, the, when they won that event, the team event together at the Zurich. But uh, Palmer's the guy, if the wind gets up as it's supposed to, uh, he's got some history here. He doesn't have any great finishes, but he can show up. And at just 7,200, he could be, you know, that strong GPP play right there near the bottom that makes your roster work.
0: Yeah, my favorite play in this range is going to be Kevin Na at $7,500. Here's the thing about this course. You know, it, with like 70% of fairways hit and 80% of greens hit, it becomes, you know, to get the edge, you're going to need to either hit everything close or be really good with your putter. And Kevin Now's one of the better putters in this field. And you also look at his wedge game, one of the best wedge players in this field. It's pretty good combo to have. Now, a little bit worried about his long irons. Uh, but, you know, at 7,500, I think the upside is there. If his putter gets hot, he can hole in everything. I want to see him walk putts in. Uh, Once again, great scrambler as well. Yeah, and I I don't think that he's going to be too popular Uh, at seventy five hundred dollars. I think he makes a great GPP play, and so uh, I like Kevin Na as my favorite. I I like Revi. I like your your Uh, take—a guy who's good with the long irons, a guy who's good with his you know irons Uh, overall—that makes sense. And Munoz, I really didn't think about him, but just looking at his numbers, he looks like he's solid too. But Kevin Na is going to be my favorite play in this range. All right, so let's get to the. six K range There's not much here. Um I'm gonna go with two guys. I like Graham McDowell. Uh holds the course record here uh at at Kapalua the 62 best putter in the field uh at sixty seven hundred dollars. If his putter gets hot he can pay off. And then I like I'm gonna tail Ben Coley here with Jim Herman at sixty one hundred dollars. If you read Ben Coley's article this week he talks about how uh you know Herman did really well. I think he finished like twelfth or something his first time here um, and then how much he loves the course. Like, I think it might've been on his honeymoon or something. He left his wife for a day to go play around the Ben he love that article. And I, I read it. Yeah. It's something
1: like he had to get, he just had to get off the boat to go yeah. see this course and play it. So he's got yeah. some, some interesting ties there where he had to play the course and went out and did. So, and he got twelfth here the last time out. So I might have tailed, you know, spoiler alert for the betting segment, the 500 to one with the each way, because I have it up here in Canada that I had to get on that Kenny.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I tailed him onto I got him at 300 to one of Bavada. I couldn't get him a 500 to one, but I also got him top five at 50 to one. But we'll talk about that here in a second. Who do you like in the 6K range?
1: A couple guys. Uh, that's what I said. I Talk about earlier. So my favorite play right out of the gate is Griffin. Lento. Griffin, man. This guy is insane. I think this is extremely wrong price. He may get chalky by the end of the week. Maybe it's not just me seeing it. But of the 23 cuts he's made on tour, 17 17- our top 25s and i know a top 25 means nothing in a 34 man field i'm just saying that's talking about he only really plays full field events wow so, that's right that's,
0: that's that's really
1: impressive man it's insane and we know that that's he got really his really impressive these years cuz he got his win he had a bunch of events top 20 uh that were around that he had like an 18th 18th uh anyway he's a is just underpriced in my opinion so at 6500 he makes it work i'm sure by the end of the week he becomes chalk if you want to drop down there's one guy underneath them who nobody will trust even though he's the most recent winner in the field in T dunks, Tyler Duncan, the namesake, man, he, he got the win and he why I like Munoz. So if you go back, you can see uh, again, it's one event. It's not going to be anything to, you know, this is just, we have to have content for the pod basically, but it, you know, it's not just that. The point is, if you look at their numbers, Munoz and him really were strong off the T strong, really strong T to green at that event. Obviously that's how they got to the winner's circle, but it wasn't like it was just all putter for them, right? You have to putt well to win a tournament and Munoz came third in the RSM classic where Duncan won. But those two guys stood out to me because of that. And that's sort of, you know, you can only chase anything that's right there and right now. And that's the closest we've got to recent form. And I know it's only one event, but I got to go with something. And honestly, I do like the, those guys as their long-term as well. So if you look at what I see for them on tour and to bring those stats up, to, get, to give you the same stat, Munoz was 11 out of his 20 made cuts on tour, our top 25s. So is what it is. I know you say top 25 is nothing in a 34-man event, but they play 144-man plus events. So it is impressive to me. The other guy I got to go to, and I missed him at the 7K range because I was so hyped on Munoz, was the Bermuda King, Keith Mitchell. He's he's always going to be in play at $7,000. I don't mind him as well. And then you mentioned the last one who I liked was McDowell. You you mentioned some stats on him, but at the end of the day, Coastal Courses, Graham McDowell, it's where he got his win. I, I kind of like that last year. So, uh, you know, I'll go with him again too at 6700 as well. All right. That
0: sounds good. Uh we miss anybody? We good? No, we're good. All right, Tam, but take us into the betting segment, my friend.
1: Yeah, so we'll have some stuff going on this year, guys. We're just uh, finalizing some things. We'll get the betting segment rolling with some sponsorship. Uh, Bring it up to you guys there probably next week starting. But just to get into this week, not going to bet a lot. Uh, You know, I like a a few things. I just mentioned earlier, start backwards. But I I tail Ben on the Herman 5-1 and with the each way. That's just throwaway money. There's nothing to it. Love Munoz, 80-1 to with the each way. That's, you know, one of my bigger to win bets. Uh, Revy, I mentioned a little bit of FOMO with 60-1 to with the each way. Normally, I don't each way uh, under – under 50 to one but I do I did get the Brendan Todd FOMO 45 to one with the each way and then I hammered Reed at 15 again basically it's like my pick of the week for pivoting I know you don't pivot against the books but I you know you don't see community bets win too often and Woodland was right there and everyone's all over him I really still like Reed over Woodland in both DFS and yes you can bet them both I'm not an idiot I get it I'm just saying I did I am betting Reed uh, with all the money versus splitting it up on him and Woodland at the top.
0: Yeah, I only got two bets this week. Uh, I mean, three if you count the Herman bet. But I'm going Dustin Johnson at ten to one. I think he could take this down. Uh, okay, I think. Yep. Uh, I think. So I'm going DJ at ten to one. Um, you don't see him, I, you know. And I'm also going to take uh, Champ. Where was it? Champ at uh, thirty three to one this week. So I'm just taking the two two long dogs uh, this week in my bet. So so DJ ten to one, Champ thirty three to one.
1: All right, did we miss anything there, Tambo? No, I think we hit it. It's a good little first pod back. I mean we'll put you by this point you're at this point of the pod, you've already listened to it, but we we've been focused on the timestamps last year, guys. I get some of you only want certain pieces of the content and that's fine. But we we want to put it in and have it for everyone. We don't want to change the pod at all. So we want to stick to what's worked. Everybody seems to love it. If you do have feedback, let us know. We're working on some new things, new logo, website, so we can have it so that you can listen to it, you know, at you know, anywhere you want on, on the side. If you have a desktop only, you can play it in the background, so on and so forth, all those factors. So trying to get everything up and running, make it a big year. There's gonna be lots of casual fans getting into DFS, which is good for all of us. Uh, it's an absolute advantage, an edge over the field when we have more people coming on because of it. You'll see it on the DK app. They've got the PJ logo there. Love to see it. Uh, excited for this season with you, Kenny, and, and excited to be back. All right. So,
0: you know, make sure you leave a like or, and a review, uh, five, a five-star five star rating and a review for the podcast. It really helps us out, uh, you know, with our sponsors and stuff like that. It keeps the podcast free. So make sure you do that. You can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. Of course, my weekly article is going to be at Gup's Corner. Uh, Tambo, where can they find you?
1: Same place. Kenny mentioned earlier, gupscorner.com, on Twitter, at Totec and Tambo. Definitely check it out over there. If you only want to try the monthly, do it. The DGEN 20 code works for everything. Do something. Put it on. We'll bring up more as we go along and go from there. But the DFS Open is going to be a crazy event. I'm so excited for that. Uh, you know, It looks like with the news of no Skybox, which I just got back today, by the way. I didn't post anything on Twitter yet or anything, but uh, no Skybox this year for Whole16. So with that news, I mean, I can pull the trigger at any time. If something comes up and and it makes sense for me to go down, I'll go down again. But I'm not really feeling the waste management when I already have the Honda Classic on deck with everybody going. I cannot wait for that. I hope a lot of you can join us. Other than that, hit me up if you have any questions. DM me on Twitter, at Tag and Tambo. All
0: right. That's going to be it for this week. Year number five of the Fantasy Golf Generals podcast. We're getting it going. It's going to be a great year. Let's win some motherfucking money, D-Gen Nation.